The Republican strategy to ban TikTok comes simultaneously with GOP complaints of domestic social media companies canceling and censoring conservatives. Without a hint of irony, many of these same conservatives now rail against censorship <laughs> while advocating for censorship against social media apps they worry are influenced by the Chinese. Before banning TikTok, these censors might want to discover that China already bans TikTok. Hmm. Do we really want to emulate Chinese speech bans? Aren't we the ones that say it's wrong for China to ban speech, so we're going to be just like China and ban speech we're afraid of? The vice president of Freedom Works, John Tamney, perhaps described this situation best. Nauseating harassment of TikTok presumes Americans will be saved from Chinese authoritarianism if U.S. politicians act like Chinese authoritarians. We're going to be saved from speech if we ban it in our country. My goodness, could we think of anything more antithetical to the freedom of speech? Welcome to What's Left, a weekly political discussion challenging the mainstream left. I'm Eduardo Barca with co-host, teacher and socialist Andy Lipson, and writer and teacher Jessica. We are online at whatsleftpodcast.com. You can find that link to our site in the episode notes. Uh, you can also find their social, personal social media handles as at Don Eduardo Barca and at ZKE on Instagram and just as Twitter handle as at jhomie. Uh, please subscribe, rate, review, turn on your notifications and share your favorite episode wherever you found this episode. Thank you. All right. So uh, today's topic will be covering two of the most prominent newsy things we figured we would partake in, share our opinion, give our take on what's happening. Because uh, as I've said to Andy previously, this is where the political discussion is happening, unfortunately, whether it be elections or it be something in Congress or something that's of the dominant story, I think that we can always step in, share our take, and hopefully persuade. Like, there's another area that, that people can over, can see us. And what are those two things that I I suggested, and then you two spoke, I, I think it was um, this past weekend. Uh, but the suggestion was that of TikTok ban slash um, TikTok ban and uh, Trump's indictment. It seems Trump's in the news because of all the things that have been discussed over whether it's a political move or not. I just think it was important for us to cover it since, you know, it's like so much to unpack right there. Look, so I don't know if any, if you two want to say something uh, besides what I just said, uh, add to it. Well, I was sort of reluctant to talk about this Donald Trump thing, but it is taking up literally all the oxygen in the room. So let's go ahead and get into it. And, you know, Eduardo, when you first mentioned it, you, you said, we can talk about Trump or I want to talk about the TikTok thing. And I hadn't been paying as much attention to that as I should have been. And that, for me, not just the TikTok thing, but the Restrict Act, which is really what's coming up behind it, that is gigantic. <laughs> so I, want, I do want to talk about both because the Trump thing, I don't know what, well, I don't entirely know what to make of it. Certainly there's theater going on. But there's something to talk about in both these. And the Restrict Act, I definitely want to talk about. Well, and at, right. the, at the risk of jumping straight into a conspiracy theory, like, I don't I mean, it's a fast news cycle always. But is it like a coincidence that these things are happening at the same time? Because I think probably a lot of our listeners will agree with me that I think a lot of the Trump shit is a huge distraction and energy harvest. And yeah, at first I was kind of reluctant to talk about it too. You know, even if it was just to argue that like, don't, don't spend your energy at looking at this. Um, there's actually scary shit going on with the restrict act. So I think they all connected in a way, whether it's intentional or not, whatever, but like, yeah, there's a, and I know, Eduardo, I kind of suggested in the beginning of this episode, like, Eduardo, do we want to talk about these both at the same time or different? But for me, what's coming up is maybe if we could just talk a little bit about the Trump stuff and then get into the the Restrict Act and TikTok. Um, 
then, but you know, I think maybe that's the way to go. That's, that's fine. That's fine. I, um, so I, again, let's, let's do that. You know, I, so the way I, I see all of this is just, I've said, I don't think I said the, the topic, but this is pure hypocrisy that I continue seeing from the liberal left. I, I feel that the discussions on prosecuting a president, slight whispers of discussions that, or in, in, in like the media or even like just major prominent figures about prosecuting the president, whether it be Obama, right, or whether it be a Bush or or Clinton for that Bosnia war where it's like, you know, you told me that was one of the most pivotal wars, I think it was, Andy, if I'm not mistaken, that changed the way you thought about things because, and I'd like you to actually say something about that um, right after I'm, I'm done here, just how it changed you because what these people do the crimes the war crimes that a president does it is so easy for people to call for war in the name of protection or whatever it is so easy for us to just say oh let's just vet people at the border or jail people or you know imprison them and it just to me as we had just not as we've commemorated uh, the um, Iraq War. No, it was um, it was Afghanistan. I think it was. Well, the two thousand three anti-war movement that just happened in March. Excuse me. As we commemorated the two thousand three um, uh, anti-war movement, and I remember being uh, just. Uh, a freshman in high school and going out and walking out of school, it was always a discussion about taking impeachment proceedings against Bush. It was always discussion. So for you, it might have been that war during the Clinton era. And it's not like I chose it to be a Republican or a Democrat. That was to me what was here in San Francisco, the most visual, optically, and also the most constant conversation that was happening in the Bay Area about uh, uh, impeachment proceedings against Bush and also like having a resistance towards this war. And I, uh, I think about those things that are heinous, heinous, horrible, horrible things. And here we are discussing Trump for what? Like payment, hush money towards Stormy Daniels, no? I would like to see Trump indicted for something greater than that. You know, I would like to see every all these other presidents um, indicted. Maybe it is hopefully a a, a an opening to now uh, indict presidents. It's, this is the first major president. Who knows? Maybe it isn't. So that there was when there was a discussions about. Uh, Considering impeachment proceedings against Bush, uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi steadfastly refused to even consider it. And when Barack Obama um, first took office, as well, there was there would be like discussions around going after Bush and Cheney. And Obama had said, "We need to look forward as opposed to looking backwards." You know, and it's like when Obama went after uh, the people in Syria, and he was given a, an award for the peace. Uh, prize award. It's like these are the things I keep seeing that history has proven that there are real criminals that I don't think that we're looking at. And it's just these, what I may, I think are politically motivated reasons to go after Trump. I, I, uh, I don't like Trump. I don't want to be, I don't want to confuse anyone to think that because I don't, I really don't, I don't like his arrogance. I don't like anything about his personality. I don't like how arrogant! I just it it uh what no? It's the word is uh what do you call someone who's narcissistic? And so I just don't like it. But I also know how to watch myself and say, you know what? It this is something else other than 
political. This is a, this is a this is a political move. But so that's why I thought it was important. Uh, I um I could discuss like the I had here my list of things that I the things that have been uh, like the war crimes I mentioned by Bush and Obama, right? Uh, but I don't want to go into it without. I could say a few things, but I just want to give someone else a chance. Those are to me like the most critical things um, because my heart like goes out to just millions of people that have suffered because of uh, war games that big players take on onto the world stage, messing with people's lives and innocent lives and crossfire of it all, no, just to take over territory and to take over for oil or for um, expansion of imperialism, which to me angers me, and um, and I just feel that that is what I would have always liked, even if we did do what is it the what's the uh, I forget the international court, no no, uh, none of these like northern uh, uh, hemispheric uh, countries are are prosecuted. Except for the southern, um, part of the, uh, the south part of the hemisphere prosecuted, like in Latin America or in Africa, for their for being uh, criminals, they're and then they're taken to the international court mm-hmm. and prosecuted, but it's blocked from having from doing it in these first world countries. So uh, that's what came to mind uh, for me. Yeah, like we could detail war crimes of pretty much any president, certainly in my lifetime, including Trump. So, I mean, this is, I think this is already kind of what you're getting at, but it's like Trump is a criminal, but of all the things that you're going to charge him with, you know, it's not war crimes. It's not um, the persecution of Julian Assange, right? Who's being tortured under the Espionage Act, right, which he refused to pardon Assange. It's not for assassinating a foreign general. It's not for bombs on civilians. It's not for Operation Warp Speed, which people forget, especially Republicans, was Trump who launched that. You know, it's was fucking, like, essentially like a clerical, you know, hush money. It didn't even come from campaign funds. Um it's absurd, you know, and it's, I mean, it. am I right that this is like the first time that a U.S. president, even like current or former, has been actually charged with a crime? I know there's been like impeachment, mm-hmm. but I mean, that's remarkable. And it's, I mean, it sounds very grand when you read the New York Times headlines of like, what is it, 30 something, 34 felonies, right? Which I don't know how deep we want to get into the sort of nitty gritty of it. Like to me, it feels purposefully convoluted, but like, I mean, essentially, right. It's sort of a, I don't know, like a clerical cover up, right. That he didn't report this hush money, which is typically classified as a misdemeanor, but they've escalated it to a felony and 34 felonies because, you know, essentially like, well, he reported it here and on this paper and on this paper. Right. Um, it's not really 34 different things. And my understanding, um, and I haven't really gone super deep into it, but is that essentially the only reason they escalated it to a felony is so that they can have a longer statute of um, statute of limitations. Um, so anyway, it's just the whole thing is just um, so convoluted. It's such an energy suck, like I said. I do believe that it's completely politically motivated. Um, I mean, it's kind of an election strategy on both sides because I think it's making the witch hunt um, mm. even more like salient to Republicans and people who who lean, you know, toward voting for Trump. And it's going to go on. I mean, this thing is going to like even just to have a trial is going to take months. So it's going to drag on and on. It's going to be in the headlines for ages. And then obviously from the Democrats' point of view, um, you know, this is like their favorite election strategy is just like not trump um yeah so 
ugh, just insulting on so many levels. And yeah, I would love to see him charged with a crime, a war crime. Um, That would be, that would be legit. I meant to, sorry, did you adjust? I am. I meant to say the International Criminal Court, ICC, that was blocked from coming into this country. Uh, Anyhow, that that was, I just looked up here. Yes. Andy? Well, I guess I would say, I certainly would not like to see him charged with a crime, not from this state, because to me, it, it, it looks like the further concentration of power within the state so it doesn't even make me, this doesn't even make me feel, quote, safe or even safer. So I'll just say this. The one thing this is not is bringing power to justice. No, it is definitely not that in any way, shape or form. Um, I would probably say I think of this as power centralizing itself even more firmly in the U.S. state. That That is one thing I suspect. My first thing is I don't actually know exactly why this is going on, except to say it has nothing to do with justice. It has nothing to do with anything that's positive for workers in this country or any other country. Um, and at best it's a distraction to keep, to make us pay attention to this while other things are going on. Things are not going well for the United States and Ukraine uh, and Russia and China. Things this restrict act is definitely newsworthy and definitely worth talking about. So it could be a distraction from that. So there, there's that element. I would tend to say that this is elections, you know, a kickoff, kick off to the election season. Um, and it will have the net effect, which I think is very good for the ruling class, of pushing, if pushing Democrats into the Democratic Party and Republicans into the Republican Party. It's going to have the effect of polar, what people call polarizing things. But it's like, there's no real, di- there's not a major difference. Poles mean there needs to be a difference, a North Pole and a South Pole. Like the North Pole is different than the South Pole. Here, to go from the Republican Party and the Democratic Party, where they both essentially have the same policies with little changes, what are we talking? It's really a gathering. It's a gathering using two hands, the right hand and the left hand, to gather everyone up into into this process called the election. So I do think it's going to be very effective for that. And it will even do something to, to polarize people within the Republican Party around DeSantos versus Trump. So there'll be some people who are going to be more, we've got to follow DeSantis. And there'll be some people who are like, no way, we've got to go with Trump because Trump is the voice of the voiceless because he's the guy they want to take out. So we've got to, I hate the system. I want to back my guy, Trump. That's going to go on as well. But the worst part about that is everyone's going to get drawn into the election. And by the way, there's another character that fits into this, which is Robert Down- Robert um, <laughs> Jr., who's going to announce from out of here. And Robert Downey Jr. is running. Yeah, no. Robert Robert F. Kennedy Robert F. Kennedy yeah, Jr. Yeah. He's going to announce in a week or two, and that's another He disaster. did. I think he did. Not yet. That was an April Fool's joke. He hasn't announced yet. No, he did. I, I'm pretty sure he did. I saw it yesterday. Okay. Well, then, then what I heard is coming. And so that will be another part of the election disaster for us um, once he gets his hat into the ring. And free people from the freedom movement get fooled into going into that part of it. So that that is probably the largest feature I see of it is it's election. It's an attempt to draw people's attention to the election and the importance of the election, and which is always a disaster for workers to, when that happens. Um, I also do think, though, because you mentioned WikiLeaks and you mentioned Julian Assange. And I found this out recently that actually Julian Assange really became a marked man when WikiLeaks came out with Vault 7. And Vault 7 was basically saying, we can take any piece of cyber shit that we want to, and we can f- we will find that information on mostly external people, but even the possibility of internally use that against people. And what I see in this is sort of the state reminding rulers do not get out of line. Do not think you can fuck with us because we are going to make your life very difficult and we can use all sorts of any piece of information. And you're right, Jessica, this 34 felony charges are really just literally someone wrote the note, someone handed the note, 
Someone then put it in a piece of, on another piece of inventory. Like it's literally just 34 charges for documenting the steps of how something was written down and then dispensed. And then, you know, it's so clerical, actually, these 34 charges. It makes it seem like they've got this giant case. Really all it is, is how do you go ahead and pay off hookers? That's what this describes. And how would you do it? How would it happen if your lawyer did it? And so it turns out that it looks like there's 34. She was a hooker at the time, right? She was. Yeah. I don't don't even know if they were at the time, but the, it's, it's just, it turns out they found 34 steps involved in that process. And there's two of them. So those are your 34 felonies right there. Um, So it's, it's, it's just very, I would say what, what, what's scary about this is I, I, and particularly as I look, as I sum this up with the restrict act, it looks like the U S state is doubling down on a power grab to terrify everyone and say, cause let's just like they did with Trump on Twitter. We'll pull Trump off Twitter. And now we're coming after the rest of you. Um, personally, I think this is more a message. If there is a message being sent, it's not that anyone can be screwed because that's going to happen through the restrict act. But I do think there's a message to the powerful in this, that there is something more powerful than any individual in the state, um, in the U S state. And, uh, we can take you out any way we want and make your life difficult any way we want. And the restrict act, just to put a underline on your point about the sort of like polarization and really just being, you know, two wings of the same bird, as we always say, the restrict act is bipartisan. <laughs> like it's, the, there's plenty of Democrats on the, um, what do you call it? Co-sponsoring it. Um, I know it there's was, a couple that have kind of spoken up and shown some criticism, but. It was introduced by a Democrat. Like it was right. written, it's, it's, it's but it's like you look at who who's on there, and it's it's Democrats and Republicans, and to me, it's like well, okay, that's when you pay attention because that's when you know they're really consolidating power or exerting some sort of um control over your populace or trying to is when it's both of them, right? Um, right, and oh, while everybody's over here fighting about you don't want a Republican or Trump's, you know, this is a witch hunt. <laughs> Everybody, you know, the whole fucking government's over there working together to hurt us. Right. The, there is a myth of opposition up here whilst, while underneath they are united in doing something that really is, is like as bad as the Patriot Act or the Espionage Act in terms of its, the amount of powers that, are consumed or that come to the state through it. So, yeah. And can you expand on this Vault 7? I've just opened WikiLeaks and I'm looking at the Vault 7 CIA hacking tools revealed. What, 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 what were you trying to say? I guess I missed a little bit what you were trying to say. More that, like, I don't know how this information, clearly this information has been stored somewhere and been kept. You know, they, they've had this on Trump for, for a long time. This is not new information. It's just a question of when it gets used. Um, and Vault 7 is basically, uh, it, was a, a set of, it was information about how the CIA empowers itself to investigate its enemies, its allies, its internal, potentially internal pe- people internally in the state who it thinks is our problem. Um, and revealed in it was the CIA's ability to pretty much, it re- reverse, reserved for itself, Pretty much any way it could to get information on you, it will, and it will store that information. And secondly, it reserved for its right to potentially pin information on you, like put put things about you that aren't even true, but use use electrical means, data means, to essentially get you to create evidence of you having committed a crime when you haven't. I'm not saying something was made up here. I'm just saying that to me, this looks like a Vault Seven kind of thing where they just kind of kept it in reserve. They've had it, they had it in 2016. They've, they've had it for quite some time and now they're using it. Mm. So, but this is for everyone. Like they got this on everyone. There is not a political official out there who they don't have it on. So they, they all got to know this and they all know that. Now, some people have said this is actually to like, there are people who look at this as like, this is just to help DeSantis. Some people are saying this is intentionally to, to put Trump up there because the Democrats, again, feel they can build, beat Trump more than, I don't know, maybe that's it. But to me, this is, a, this is an election maneuver. It's a distraction. But I also do feel like 
somehow there seems to be a message in this by the, if you will, the deep state, the people who really run, rule this country and run this country, the institutions that really run it, is no one, no individual gets out of line. And if you do, we're just going to do to you what we can do to Trump, but maybe, maybe worse. Right. And just for correction, I, so just as a, in the same way that I say about like defunding the police, but really, ideally, it is to abolish the police and have own communities take care of themselves and decide how they would want to protect themselves. I, I, I do mean that in the same way about like prosecuting. I don't have faith. We've, we've discussed this already. We, I don't have faith in, in this, the, the, legal system, the legal system that we currently have. I'm not trying to say that we should prosecute Trump in the way, and, and, excuse me, prosecute other presidents and give more power to, I've learned through this, through my journey here on what's left alone, that there's, this, isn't, this isn't the system that I'm trying to uphold. It is in that same vein that I'm trying to say, you know, really what would happen if we were to do it is sort of discussions around what I've said about occupying and overtaking the city and taking on and taking and and if necessary we have to deal whatever that means for someone else I, I don't want to deal with our uh the war criminals um that the, that the people to have a say about how to deal with war criminals and so uh a prosecution a little slap on the wrist is not what I see or envision for Obama for Clinton, for Bush, it really is going to take uh, us and the people who were affected by it and the families who were affected by it to decide what to do with these people who have destroyed lives. So just to be clear on that note about prosecuting and giving more power to the people, it's just like I was, for conventional sake, yes, prosecute Bush as well. Prosecute, sure, if we're going to start doing that, I'd like to see everyone else get prosecuted. Of course, that that's... That's I've explained what I mean by. Yeah, I think we could take a note out of like right now in France, right? They're storming the BlackRock offices or headquarters there, whatever the BlackRock building is. Um, you know, people holding these killers and murderers accountable or trying to at least. Yeah, and to, to put it the same way. Like probably the people right now, the people I'm hating the most right now are like Tony Blinken, Mike Pompeo. If 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 the if the U.S. state currently turned around and started putting those people to prison, saying they were going to arrest them, or even George Bush Jr., you know, like I would I would be like immediately like no 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 you're lying this is something going on. But you bring those these people up before a people's tribunal after an actual January 6th insurrection, then I'm, I'm first in line to say, let's do it. Oh my God. I was afraid you would say something. I had to mention January 6th because I know how much you like when we mentioned January 6th. Well, I I mean, I would love to see whatever. Be careful, Jess. No, but I mean, I, I would love to see like these presidents, former presidents, Held accountable, however, the people decide. Um, but it's also like in some ways they're puppets, right? And and a lot of the people who are just as responsible, if not more responsible, are not even household names. Um right. And I would add yeah. that that's so true. tribunals to me don't seem as important as actually taking down institutions and replacing them with other institutions, like what you're talking about, going into BlackRock and just right like if you take out blackrock you take out like maybe our whole military industrial complex or like a fucking chunk of it um and yet I, there's people walking around who don't even know what blackrock is um yeah yep. even as their salaries oh. are often part of their salaries are often like going into retirement funds backed by blackrock and such but can I just, it's just, and, and also going after this, oh my God, we have to be careful what we are saying. We're going to get targeted, especially after reading all this stuff today about TikTok ban Trojan horse. I'll just read this. This is another thing. So speaking about BlackRock and 
holding them accountable in whatever way the people decide to hold them accountable. That is, uh, I just opened vault seven. So I just want to read these three sentences, a three little, yeah, these are sentences. Yeah, these are, I, this is an analysis of the CIA malware targets iPhone, Android, smart TVs. The CIA malware and hacking tools are built by EDG, Engineering Development Group, a software development group within CCI, Center for Cyber Intelligence, a department belonging to the CIA's DTI, Direct Directorate for Digital Innovation. The DTI is one of the five major directorates of the CIA. So what is it responsible for? For the development, testing, and operational support of all backdoors, exploits, malicious payloads, Trojans, viruses, and other kinds of malware used by the CIA in its covert operations worldwide. And the increasing sophistication of surveillance techniques has drawn comparisons to or George Orwell's 1984, but Weeping Angel, developed by the CIA's Embedded Devices Branch, EDB, which invests smart TVs, transforming them into covert microphones, is surely its most emblematic realization. And there's more to say, but I'm not going to go into it. So thank you for indulging me there. But you, we mentioned about people taking over, uh, deciding for themselves how they're going to deal with either if it's war criminals that are not just household names, as you said, Jess, or taking down an institution such as BlackRock or the CIA. And then because we're talking about all this, I just thought, as Andy said, and I looked it up and you were speaking, how much power this CIA has. And maybe this would be a good segue for us to discuss the more power we're going to be giving to the government, to these institutions, with this TikTok ban is as as I'll just say with this as it's known as yeah I mean it's worth noting TikTok's not even mentioned in the entire thing I went and looked because I've heard people say that and I was like let me just verify this I did a control find TikTok's not even fucking mentioned in the entire bill it's like 50 something pages so it's it's like another misnomer right they did this with um what was the Florida the Gay. Um, don't say gay bill. Don't say gay. Yeah, bill. don't say yeah. gay bill, which like was not at all what the bill was. Um not saying I supported it, but it's just like they right, right, no, right. like the media or the government or uh, whoever, social media, like they pick these things up and they like they just exert this like narrative control in order to gain clicks, in order to gain like polarized fighting in order to serve their own interests. So yeah, it's not like, it's not a TikTok ban. <laughs> it's like not what it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, to, to call, the, and I'm glad that Eduardo asked us to look into this because I was thinking of it as a TikTok thing and going after business leaders and things like that. I was like, okay, this that doesn't seem good. You know, I, again, I'm, what is the US up to? But it goes well beyond that. To, to think of it as just TikTok hides f- far more than what it reveals. Um, it, it, it is, it really is an attack on every U S citizen. Um, and it, it's an empowering of the state to not just give a, 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 a stamp of approval to the possibility of mass surveillance through the internet and, and through, through anything that's 5g connected through your door ringer, through, uh, through video games, through streaming, everything, anything electronic, any way you can see the internet coming into your world. The, the the state is reserving its right to surveil you on the basis of that, saying yes, we can do it. And secondly, we if if somehow we are able to say that your activities through that put put you as aiding a potential adversary that the U.S. state will decide, then we can charge you with a what is it? Well, how much? What a twenty years in prison or right. a million dollar fine? I mean, it, it's it's not. So I was like, well, how is this different than what they already do? Because Edward Snowden had said, look, the NSA has a massive surveilling apparatus. They're collecting it all. Well, this really is saying we are going to collect. We are collecting it all. We are empowering ourselves to collect it all. And now we are giving ourselves the authority to punish you on the basis of when we collect it all. If we if we determine through something you can't even use a FOIA act to find out why that was determined. You cannot you cannot use freedom information of freedom of information to find out why the the given secretary in these departments have um are claiming there's an adversary and how they're using that adversary and some institution they have to then charge somebody with a crime internally none of that gets revealed it's all just 
well, we're entrusting you because that's why it really reminds me of the Espionage Act. Um, and, and it does, I will say, like Patriot Act and Espionage Act occurred on the basis of a fairly aggressive World War I and 9-11, you know, some pretty big events. You have to ask yourself, what's the big event here that's creating this? And to me, this is much more like I do think this is about China, China doing stuff with Saudi Arabia and BRICS and U.S. having trouble in Ukraine and Russia. I think it just feels, again, the U.S. preparing itself, laying the groundwork for war, um, both and and any external war they have must have an internal must and actually requires an internal war that they're going to wage on its own population in order to make it happen. And that's what I see in this. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the, what do they call it? The inapplicability of FOIA, which is like on the very last or second last page of it. Um, it's, I mean, the whole thing's insane. But then like the fact that like you wouldn't even be able to submit a Freedom of Information Act request. Like it... <laughs> They can just do whatever they want. They can literally do whatever they want. And you, I, how would you ever even contest something under this if you can't can't even do this basic, um, exert this basic right? And for, I mean, yeah, just thinking about the ways that FOIA has been used, you know, often unsuccessfully, but um, throughout the past couple of years, past decade. Um, yeah, it's just it's whatever they decide is whatever they decide qualifies as a, a national security threat is going to be a national security threat under this framework, you know, and it's yeah, it's just expansion of state power, censorship, narrative control. And just to add the in the in the doc in the in the writing of the articles, they off they talk about a secretary being able to. It's empowered by a secretary. Um, and the secretaries they're talking about are either the Secretary of Homeland Security, the Secretary, the, the Secretary for the De Secretary of Defense, or Director of National Intelligence. I thought the Director of National Intelligence was CIA, but that's not. It's an, it's a, these are all cabinet positions. Um, but these are like, most of these are the same characters from Operation Warp Speed. Like these are not, you know, it's like by any stretch, this, these are the most least trustworthy institutions of a completely untrustworthy institution, defense, homeland security, and essentially the intelligence network. Yeah. I mean, our intelligence agencies police themselves. They investigate themselves. Yeah. It's, it's so fucking corrupt. So that, and it's those characters, those secretary characters that are the ones who decide who the adversary is and what are the conditions under which this thing would be enacted to then charge somebody with a crime. So it extremely, and the fact that they don't even call it Homeland Security Act or like Patriot Act at least is like, you know, oh, Patriot Act, you know, you wouldn't even know how bad it was. I find it shocking almost that they called it Restrict Act. Like they don't even try to hide that this thing is a shackle. So Restrict stands for Restricting the emergence of security threats that risk information and communications technology act. How clever. They need an editor or something. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's good though. I mean, so it's an it's an acronym. Yeah. It is, yeah. I did not know that. Good for them. That's clever. Uh you know, it, it's you mentioned the Patriot Act, which is also something I was going to bring up. I, I can share an infographic on, on the link for viewers and listeners. But I'm so glad you mentioned it because you're right, Andy. The Espionage Act, then the Patriot Act, it's what Edward Snowden then reported on. You know, this is NSA. This is the phone records, computer records, credit history, banking history, all things that national security letters. It was everything that was at one time private or relatively private, right? Because everything that you document or is in through some form filter through government, you have to, whether you go get your license or whatever. But the level of surveillance and obtaining information of people to be able to listen on people's calls just dramatically 
was increased. And no one, I mean, I remember people having those discussions, but it was discussions among people who were uh, just in these communities, in the communities of, 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 polit- of, of the politics. I don't think I saw it in the, in the mainstream media as much as until it was, uh, or at least the left was trying to attack Bush, right? But that's as far as I saw it. Anyone could have been considered a terrorist at that time. If you didn't, and then that was also for Homeland Security, the border then suddenly became so strengthened because of the of of Homeland Security, right? So I'm glad you mentioned it. And here we are with this Restrict Act, and people are going to want to use this as as to against China, as you have also clearly said. I don't know what I forget if it, AOC what her position was because she's a prominent figure here. She She's, she put out some little video that said she's not in favor of banning TikTok. Yeah, but she didn't explicitly say like I'm against the Restrict Act. I don't. I guess that's sort of the implication. But I've seen her like in the headlines was like, oh, she's one of the ones being like critical of it. Mm. Uh, Here, here's what I see happening because I I've seen. Elements of the Republican Party, the Rand Pauls and folks like that come out against this. And I have heard so, so-called left-wing Democrats come out against the Restrict Act. But this that's a joke. That's a fucking fake, basically, because as Jessica said before, the establishment of the Democratic and Republican Party wholly support this act. So it clearly they know this is going to happen. This thing is going to happen. It's going to be enacted. It's going to be passed. And they've allowed their respective left wings and right wings to squawk like their opposition so that again, they can collect people into the, into the election and say, if you didn't like this, we can always support right winger over here or left winger over there. And there's still chance of bringing your party back while they use again, Donald Trump, you know, 2.0, this whole thing, you know, this whole Donald Trump thing to basically once again, collect everyone at the election. So it, it, this restrict act should, should prove to anyone that there's nothing in this election. There's nothing but getting, but deciding who is going to screw you over. And don't let the, don't let the, the, the critics within each party fool you. Those are just people who are allowed to squawk when they need to, to give the, the party cover to say, if you want it, there's still a place for you here. If you want to support these people on the fringes, but that's, yeah, that, that's the, the, the so-called squad, right. Is like particularly, guilty of doing this like they they do this thing right where like they basically have a rotating thing where like for one bill or whatever you know one or maybe a couple of them will shout in opposition knowing full well that like the rest of them are going to vote for it right and they take turns so that not one of them has to like take the whole brunt of it um they don't they do act as like a voting block but not in the way that people think right it's actually the complete opposite they they just project this facade of um opposition like being radical or more radical when in fact like they always always sort of maintain the status quo collectively right and and i don't know for a fact but those characters like matt gets and marjorie well she didn't but but some of those characters who were raising a hue and cry about kevin mccarthy coming to our I have not seen them come out and be like, we're going to actually fight our party on this. Like, I don't see that. And I bet they don't, I'm kind of guessing that they don't support this. I don't know, but I don't see them coming out and saying, we're going to wage a battle against our party to take this thing down. And I think that in the same way, I don't see it. So I personally don't think that left wing and right wing, so-called left wing and right wings operate that differently. I think they both understand when they have to get in line in their respective parties. Yeah. Yep. I was going to say, you know, the concern of TikTok is so much placed on how the way that I I hear it amongst the discussions of people on in my circle of uh, people who are involved in politics, mostly uh, liberal politics. It's always about well, China is doing these horrendous things. Do we want to become? Do you want to be listened to or tracked, like they are doing with, uh, with their own citizens in China? And I say, well, 
like I, I, I've been a good thing we were doing the subject because today I was I was reading that you know Tim Hortons Coffee app they tracked there's a settlement there's a, a settled with a location tracking lawsuits they settled because this is U.S. American app it's like every they were tracking already even if your device it, as long as your device was on they were tracking even if the app was closed and this was this is happening all the time you know. It's like this is the reason why I delete my Instagram, put back my Instagram, delete this <laughs> back and forth. <laughs> but anyhow, when everyone I want to indulge there, I'm like delete, have to bring it back. <laughs> anyhow, but that um, so I, I say like this is already happening. Who it's happening by is what this is about, you know, because everyone is doing their own thing. Everyone wants to be tracking. They want to make sure that they're tracking us and not just this country. They want, because of the major ones, right? They want to, like Facebook's very major. I forget how many Facebook users there are around the world. But they're tracking, they want to track the whole global world as yeah. much as possible. That's what this is about. It's the dominance and the competition over who is going to be tracking the most people and infesting them with propaganda to be able to control the masses. And so it's it's really a war about that, not so much for our safety. Yes, China does have a firewall, you know, for like against Western uh, social media. I believe that we're going to have our own firewall as well. I think we, we may already have our, like there are certain things that we're not allowed to also, that like, for example, I've never had Weibo or those things or uh, how would it work if we were using it here in the USA? I'd like to know if if those so those are things I'll check out. I don't want to speak like I, I'm 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 knowledgeable whether we can or cannot use Google, but that's a very popular app um, social platform that's used in there. And again, this is all about credits and credit scores because we'll eventually, uh, as they're doing, it's like if you're doing this uh, to be tracked, what will this come to? We'll have eventually have everything be measuring what we're doing with our own lives. So, uh, yeah, it is good that we discussed this. Uh, I wanted to mention one more thing. The, the VPN, by the way, we're going to be banned the VPN. The VPN, which is what restricts people from seeing where you're look, you know, yeah, how. There's so many sites that, you, that it already detects when you have a VPN on and it won't work. I constantly mm. have to turn off my VPN to do something. Yeah. And I just, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Just to say that it isn't about, this is less about sending information our way, although of course they want to, they're going to restrict it. But it is about, and it's not about privacy, it's about who gets to collect the data, which institutions get to collect the data, because the US collects all this stuff. In fact, I kind of want to do an episode where we, we together read the Zoom um, privacy rights stuff. It's mm. dude. Um, I actually think we're not going to be able to film on zoom anymore. (laughs) No, we should read it and just not because this, but it's, it's the world at this point. Like this is what's happening just to kind of know how this electronic medium is completely penetrated is completely their means. There is no, this is the revolution will not happen here. Absolutely. I'm more and more convinced. Sued for illegal data collection and shit and spies. Like, but the data anyway. But the data collection, is, there is a war. And again, it goes back to the war stuff. There is a war for data collection. And it's a war for AI creation. It's a war for who's going to, whoever collects the most data has the most developed AI. And that's that's what this is about. It will also be connected to digital currency and, like you said, social credit scores. But it is completely about who gets to invade your privacy, who gets to collect all that information about you. and and how they get to utilize it. Yeah. Well, and too, like, I just want to bring up, like, in light of what you just said, Andy, and then also, like, Eduardo talking about just how how ubiquitous it is. Like, I mean, TikTok, I do fucking hate TikTok. Um, all of the young people, at least in this country, are on it. Um, it's in Mexico, a lot. Yeah, I mean that that is like the number one, at least in among the college student population that I 
talk with like we talk about it all the time like you know I'll make a reference to like Instagram or Facebook and it's like I'm like a boomer to them <laughs> they're all it's all TikTok like they're on it all the time I went on there a couple of years ago to just like see what it was and oh my god like it is overwhelming like I had no idea what was going on and and it you can see like why like their attention spans are whack their ability like their sort of digital literacy is whack anyway that's a whole different thing but it does make me really angry just like the fact that nobody seems to be protecting particularly like the young people you know because you everything's a fucking app now like it's not just social media it's not just like the payments for stuff like you know we were walking around san francisco last week everything smart scan self scan like all of it apple pay and then even in school like they have to have an app for their advising they have to have like canvas has an app and structure right um and i have done an exercise where i went through the canvas agreement which is owned by instructure it's fucking horrible and yeah it's horrible in terms of privacy but also in terms of who can take their data and then directly profit off of it in order to like either sell it to third parties, which are some of those are probably ending up with the government, or to set to market ship back to them, right? Based on their interests and their profiles. Um, you know, and then also like the social, what is it, social emotional behavioral shit, like profiling in school, you know, oh, you're a marginalized student, oh, you're black, oh, you're disabled whatever you have adhd you know all of that shit is valuable mm-hmm. to the people like it's not it's not just o's and ones and it just makes me so frustrated like every time i talk about this with people i even like did a whole like presentation on particularly on canvas and zoom uh i think it was the first year of the pandemic to my whole department at my previous institution and it's like everybody was into it in the in the moment and we're like yeah 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 it's really bad and then they do fucking nothing they do nothing in fact they beg for more they're like oh we need to add zoom options for accessibility even though you know even though we're all back in person now it's just oh it makes me so upset anyway I mean, we're, we're all like <laughs> hypocrites to some degree whether it's bad or wearables or whatever like yeah. we could find shit for all of us yeah. But I'm not saying don't throw out the stuff, like throw out the stuff, maybe <laughs> essentially, but um, I don't know. Like there's just something bigger here. You know, it's yeah. the sort of like individual fight versus like, no, our our government and our corporatocracy is waging war against us. We have to fucking take them out. Like as as good as it is, like throw away the wearable, throw away the Alexa put the little thing over your camera. Like I slide it across every time we're done here, but like more needs to be done <laughs> collectively. Yeah. yeah. And it, it reminds me of the fact that, you know, there's that debate over is Bitcoin something that could be used in a freedom movement and a freedom in a free society. Yeah. I don't agree. I, I don't think it can. It, in fact, it, 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 it is master's, you know, another piece of the master's tools thing. But I I believe I have been saying this for a while now, and it just keeps getting reaffirmed that none of this tech is infrastructure for our future. It is all prison products meant to enslave us, and it will have to go. I, I really believe that when the time comes that people start our start to say we will we want to do something about to deal with our oppressors and we want to do something together i don't think any of this apparatus is going to be part of using it in fact it's going to be seen as completely if we're doing the right thing i believe and i i don't believe we're going to reclaim this technology i actually believe it it's going to have to be put into like a a museum or a, or something you know dystopian archives you know like the way versailles was you know the Vers- this beautiful place where the pictures were that after feudalism has gotten rid of you know we're not making new versailles it's like that's in the past <laughs> yeah it's gonna be uh, but, hard we're so, we're so fucking attached to it all i 
But again, I, I think it's very connected to alienation. I think it's very connected to something, a feature that I do think capitalism and it, it encourages in us to be more and more separated from ourselves. And I think, I think if we were doing something together and really engaged and felt like, oh, we're in a fight now, I, I just feel like the way we would think about things and what was important to us would, would be redefined in a fairly short period of time. Not like, I mean, maybe weeks even, where we would to say, that thing that I thought was so important is completely not important. Um, and my ability to be with another human and connect and contact them and work with them and fight alongside them. And it won't, I, we just won't, I just, we just can't use this technology to fight them. I don't think it can. We can't even, it, it can't ultimately be used to organize that fight. Right now, that's the way I get to talk to you, Jessica. It's the way we can do our show and put out a message. But when the, when the battle starts, this is not going to be part of fighting it. I, I, uh, I don't know if I want to be selfish here and just take a moment of my organizing effort, which is related to how I feel about organizing in person and attempting. What I do think that the issue is, Andy, today I showed up to to my school waiting for, I had this great ready thing to discuss with uh, administration and only myself and one other mother showed up to work and, collectively organized where my collective family leadership you know and here i am saying we have a meeting tomorrow with administrators we have a meeting tomorrow and we have to we have to we we have we have to talk about stuff for next year because this is what we're going to do and i want to start laying out the, the, the foundation for like what we're going to be doing for next year because these are the conversations because then i start getting ignored during the summer and I just showed up with admin with two administrators with with just myself and one other mother. That's it. And here I was making the big was being Mr. Big Bad Wolf here, I'm gonna blow your little school down. <laughs> but on a good way and rebuild it. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm huffing and puffing about how it's it's a lot of us and it's just two of us. And I really felt today, I felt so depressed about it you know it was just i think that's why i took this nap that i wasn't supposed to take that feels like a waste of time to my life to myself in my life with all the things i have to do in my life but it's just like oh i know at least one thing's for sure that i was not seen as some i was not seen as, I'm, i mean i was disrespected that's i'm glad you know i don't think anyone was trying to make fun of me for just for being Myself and one other parent, I think they know as well that there are families that do. I have a good reliance of families, trust me, and that they just are working or whatever, or they're on their phones. I don't know. But this organizing is a challenge, and is what I'm just trying to be present to. And you're right. I hope that if I do get super involved and I do have a movement, I probably won't be here with both of you. I'd have to be focus there you know but until i see this ball rolling i'm here you know i hope the day comes when i'll be too busy collectively organizing in person maybe you two as well where jess is doing her thing and andy's that we we're not here anymore until that is happening well we're here you know I'm busy, yes, but I'm busy with other things. It's not the collective work that I'm hoping that we can achieve. And when that happens, I'll be there. So, yeah. No, I think that's a very relevant story. I think it is the story. If you're in the United States or my, well, if you're at least in California, that's the story of now for organizing. Yep. Yeah. It's been the story for a while, really. Yeah, and it, like just to go back to, um, like the RFK Junior thing, which I, I don't think it's really as big of a thing as people are gonna make out at the beginning, but eh, like it's just frustrating when like you see like the dissidents and the people who are sort of awake at least to some degree on 
some of the things that we talk about on here. But like the the rallies where like people really show up, like in hundreds or thousands, or the actions, right? They're they're not like the actual radical movements. They're not like the actual radical leaders and voices. Um I mean I I yeah, I've mixed feelings about him in particular. I, I don't I do think he's done a lot of good work to like raise awareness, especially on vaccines over the years, but I mean, he's a Democrat. He's just shepherding everybody into a, a, a lane where there you don't even, there's no exit. Like you're not going to get anywhere. Just the same old rigam. What do you call it? Rigamarole. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to say that word. Uh, anyway. So I just looked up Robert F. Kennedy Jr. running for president in 2024. Yes. So apparently yesterday. Oh, do you want to hear the... Okay, let me pull it up. Yeah, there was, I don't know, some idiot reporter. Uh, I, here it goes. Break, breaking news. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. announces he will run, this is yesterday, will run against Biden for the Democratic nomination. I think it's important to point out that he has propagated way too many conspiracy theories. Our RFK Jr. has claimed the following outlandish things. COVID and other vaccines cause an abundance of harm. Bill Gates has a hidden agenda related to vaccines and population control. The World Trade Center towers may have been brought down by controlled demolition. Suggested that the government is engaged in a secret program to spray chemicals from airplanes known as chemtrails. We have enough conspiracy theorists in the Republican Party. We don't need any more. I wrote on that. I was like, where's the lie? <laughs> right. Yeah. And, but because of that, I think there are people who are going to get excited about this. I do think it's a disaster. I've already heard pe people that I know, smart people who are like, oh my God, it's so amazing. Yeah. Like, first of all, I didn't get fucking crushed, like crushed. You know? Yeah. Second of all, for what? Like, for what? This is not the type of organizing that we need people to do. Compost your ballot. Compost. Yeah, compost your ballot. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. But there might be an episode. Let's see how it plays out. I think we might want to return to this and discuss. Right. I, I mean, I definitely feel like this is bad that he's doing this, and I think it's going to hurt our side. And it's going to help the establishment. Like it's all downside. There's not a single good side to this. Um, but I think there's, I'd like to come back to that in maybe another episode. All right. So let's wrap up. That was the conversation. So, yes. And Eduardo, you did, you did us right by asking us to think about this. And definitely, I'm glad I looked more deeply into the TikTok, which is not anything to do with what yeah. you did. I refuse to have TikTok. <laughs> so that does it for this week's episode uh, what's left is a weekly political podcast on channel challenge in the mainstream left we post information about our topics and our guests in the episode notes wherever you found, wherever you found this episode or on our blog at whatsleftpodcast.com you can find past episodes to this podcast slash channel there and connect with us I remind folks if you like anything you've heard here please subscribe rate review turn on your notifications to any of our platforms on Spotify iTunes Podcast Stitcher Google Play BitChute, uh, Odyssey, YouTube, Rumble, or Telegram. And you can find our blog or and any of those links in the episode notes where we found this episode. If you would like to give us feedback about something you've heard, just something for us to cover, contact us through our blog, such as James did with Andy. Thank you very much, James. I'm going to start naming people who do contact through our blog because that is very appreciative. Uh, and uh, yeah, so thank you very much. I'm Eduardo Barca with co-host Jessica and Andy Nipson. We'll catch you all next time. Ciao. Do you know I was kicked out of Girl Scouts? As well you should. What happened? <laughs> I no, I never really liked it because I thought the outfits were dumb and they made us do like <laughs> crafty stuff that I wasn't into and all the boys were like camping and stuff. And we went on like a camping trip and we had these little huts and I was sitting, they're like low huts, like not tall. And I was sitting on the roof when the like troop leader or whatever, she was like, Jesse you can't be up there. Like you need to come down. And I was like, you know what? 
I don't want to come down. If I can't sit on this roof, I don't want to be in the Girl Scouts. And she was like, then I guess you don't want to be in the Girl Scouts. And that was like the last activity I ever did. She yeah. just sent you home. She didn't send me home. Like I finished. But what I mean, like. But then I, like. You got just continued you. <laughs> yeah. So I guess technically I resigned, but it was like, I was pushed out. I mean, oh, you were, you were kicked out from non-compliance. Non-compliance. Yeah. An early, an early instance of removed because of non-compliance. It's like, I know the boys are like climbing trees and sitting on rooftops. Like it was like probably eight feet tall. It was very safe. <laughs> That's a good way to start. <laughs> That's a good, good sign. Good start for to your life. <laughs> yeah.